0: It's Wednesday, March 11th. Welcome to Market Follery. I'm Chris Hill. With me in studio, back by popular demand, it's Bill Mann. Thanks for being here.
1: How are you, Chris? Day to day, day to day. That's right. Like yeah. all of us, we're day to day. I'm physically able to perform. Um, so uh, before we came on, you and I were talking. We we did a YouTube live. Uh, uh, segment yesterday afternoon that you, was,
0: me, Andy Cross, live QA on the YouTube and the Motley Fool's YouTube channel is there for anyone to check yeah, out Yeah and
1: it, and it's available for replay. And 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 in the middle of it I asked you a question which I really, you know, I thought more about I thought it was a great question, just to prop myself up a little. <laughs> so I went and asked on Twitter under TMF Otter, which March 9th do people feel felt worse, because March 9th, 2009 was the literal bottom during the financial crisis of the markets. That was when the S&P 500 hit 666. And the news on March 10th wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. And,
0: uh, you know, two days ago, we didn't see the... Uh, we.
1: You know, saw a worse drop than we're seeing today. Yeah, um, yeah, and only three and a half percent as we record. So you know, it's a, it's a we're getting off light today. I mean, not to make light of any of this because it's it is painful and it's hard for people. But at some point. You have to recognize, and we 've been talking about this for years at the Motley Fool, that at some point this type of volatility will come, and it will feel it will feel real because it is real and is based on real uncertainties so and
0: if yeah. if I recall correctly and hopefully I can because it was just, <laughs> just yesterday afternoon, I think what I said was two thousand and nine felt worse in part because and i don 't want to sway anyone 's vote before they yeah. go on Twitter to vote but um two thousand and nine felt worse because it had gone on for longer. At that point, we had had a really solid seven months or so of systemically bad news. Yes. And yeah. the market, now, what we've seen over the last four to six weeks. This doesn't feel good either. No, um, but yeah. it's it's more dramatic and it's a it's a different type of uncertainty yeah. because of the public health crisis. That's right,
1: and it really does it it really does stand to remind people that now is a really good time to check yourself because now is a time when you literally can feel and know what your risk tolerance is because it is a time of stress and you know up until last week a lot of us had really forgotten about how we felt in 2009. So anyway, TMF Otter, there's a poll up. It'll be up for you know till about uh, 10 Eastern time tomorrow. And I'm really excited to see what uh, what people say.
0: So, we, we actually have uh, corporate news to touch on, including uh, Pepsi making uh, pretty interesting acquisitions. Yeah. But I want to start with the latest in the airline industry, which we've obviously talked about a bunch recently. But you had pointed me to a story. Um, and I'll just read the headline here uh, out of the New York Post. Um, Why airlines are running ghost flights amid coronavirus panic. Um, Again, reading directly from the story. Um, Controversial regulations are forcing British airlines to fly empty jets amid the coronavirus outbreak or risk forfeiting vital airport slots. Uh, this is originally reported in the Sunday Times and these are use it or lose it rules governing European airports basically saying if if you're going to get a slot at an airport you got to use it yeah. and maybe there were really good reasons for these rules when they set them up. Yeah, <laughs> but holy cow does now seem like the time to suspend these rules. Yeah,
1: get it together because the the, the the cost, uh, you know, the environmental cost, the financial cost. We were talking yesterday about whether we thought the airlines were in good shape or not and I said, well, obviously, you know, it's not they're they're not generating nearly the revenues, but they're they're in much better financial shape and they have the ability to limit some of their you know so, so, some of their uh marginal costs by virtue of not flying planes. You Europe, that doesn't exist right now. Airlines have to take up eighty percent of the flights. If they go above a twenty percent cancellation rate, they can lose slots. And this just—oh gosh, this just seems like something that's such a no-brainer to uh, you know to to take your foot off the gas. On I mean, pardon the pardon the the allegory there too you know for legislators to say this is something that we need to set aside right now as an emergency and closer to home it'll be interesting to
0: see what are the equivalents i have no idea if airports in the united states have some sort of similar regulation in place and how quickly Uh, How nimbly, whether it's state governments, local governments, or the federal government, can move, um, because this is one of those things that seems, as you said, it seems like a no-brainer. It doesn't involve an outlay of cash. It isn't the government coming in, you know, with a bailout. No, it's not. We're going to give you a tax break. Yeah, it's it it just seems like common sense. it, It
1: simply prevents. Empty tubes flying through the air, literally lighting money on fire.
0: Yeah. We'll move on to Pepsi. Pepsi is buying Rockstar Energy for $3.8 billion. Yeah. Pepsi's had a distribution deal with Rockstar Energy for a little over a decade. Shares of pep It's kind of tough to know because this is not a normal day in the market. Yeah. If it if it were a normal day, they're
1: outperforming. And, yeah, <laughs> down only three percent. Yeah,
0: it's you know if it were a normal day, if the market's flat and Pepsi's down three percent, you can reasonably read the tea leaves and say, well, maybe they paid a little bit too much for that. Yeah. Um, but as you said, with the market down four and a half percent and Pepsi only down three, maybe this is seen as a good sign. People are excited maybe and and you know it's we've seen these major beverage companies make acquisitions in the past mm-hmm. um, in in the case of Pepsi and Rockstar Energy, this points towards uh, 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 a weakness within the Pepsi Empire that has come out in the last few earnings reports, which is Mountain Dew. Really has been struggling as a brand.
1: Yeah, one of the things that they're looking to do, and when you look at the size of Pepsi, as you know, well over hundred billion dollars in market cap, you can view this as a tuck-in acquisition for 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 the company. It is not a huge acquisition, but it does give them another nameplate. And in a time when the sugary drinks, which has been the mainstay for PepsiCo, uh, are really really weak, uh, and uh, Mountain Dew, which has been their version of an energy drink almost by happenstance, isn't really gaining traction in that area. It gives them a little more credibility, and it also gives them the ability maybe to bolster the Mountain Dew brand a little bit. You've got Mountain Dew by Rockstar. I'm I'm pretty sure that those are the kinds of things that they're going to be considering.
0: Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right, and it does indicate you know once you start to look into the distribution deal that they've had with Rockstar. And the fact that it, it was a good deal for both, yeah. but it essentially prevented Pepsi from going out and cutting similar deals with other energy drink brands. So now that it's in house, um, expect to see more moves from Pepsi, whether it's a de- development
1: of you know mash up beverages or more acquisitions. Yeah, and it, it comes in. It comes at a time when there was a, been a, a rare misstep by Coca-Cola because Coca-Cola has a distribution deal with Monster which is a very big substantial competitor you know it's a very deep tie in and Coca-Cola last year lost an arbitration with Monster because it came out with its own branded energy drinks alongside Monster which didn't make them all that happy so I see some opportunity here for Pepsi I don't I don't really consider this to be huge but in a game where you've had a downward trajectory in their core businesses going to areas like this where there is growth and you know and putting your stake in the ground is very smart business
0: it is it's also a tried and true method that both Pepsi and coca-cola have executed for decades yeah. whether it's a distribution deal as a way to get to know a smaller brand Or in the case closer to home, a DC area company, Honest Tea, where Coca-Cola took a small stake in Honest Tea, expanded it, and then eventually became you know basically brought it into the empire completely. Yeah,
1: they've seen they 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 have absolutely seen the trends in sparkling water and still beverages, and it and none of it spells good news for their uh, their flagship brands. So. Yesterday we talked about Occidental
0: Petroleum slashing their dividend and I mentioned that it sort of made the light bulb go off in terms of oh wait we're probably going to see this with other dividend payers out there. I looked at this Pepsi acquisition similar light bulb. I just thought oh boy, you know, put aside the beverage industry, get ready for more acquisitions. I think in the in the way that a lot of valuations of public companies and private companies have been knocked down or at least knocked back on their heels a little bit. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you and Andy Cross and I talked about yesterday on YouTube was Berkshire Hathaway, the growing pile of cash that Warren Buffett has and is looking to deploy. Actively, yeah. And, um, I, I'm not saying he's going to go out and and necessarily make all the acquisitions, but yeah, this this is one of those times we saw it in 2008 and 2009, mm-hmm. um, certainly in the financial industry, in the banking industry. But um, yeah, I think we're
1: going to be seeing more acquisitions. It bears remembering we are now down uh, yeah. around. Uh, 16% from our high. But the high that we started at, not just that it was an all-time high in terms of the numbers of the Dow and the S&P 500, but we were at nearly an all-time high in terms of valuation. So, things have come down quite a bit. Uh, and in some industries, it's gotten it's it's gotten pretty bad. Energy is probably the biggest of them. Uh, so yes, I w- I am certain that there are that there are deals in the offing, and and that's an area where where Berkshire Hathaway has participated in the past uh, and is currently participating.
0: So we talked about the uncertainty in two thousand eight two thousand nine. It was around the stability of the U.S. financial institutions. And the housing market. Yeah, and while there was uncertainty, we at least knew. Well, this this is where it starts. Yeah, um, what we're dealing with now is an uncertainty in terms of public health. It is playing out in a lot of different ways, and I think part of what's a little scary for us as investors is we don't really know where it's going and what the ripple effects are going to be, and so there are businesses that have succeeded over the past five years that you wouldn't necessarily think of, maybe they are tech-based businesses, and you think, okay, yeah, yeah, this is a tech business, they're immune to housing bubbles, they're immune to other things. Um, And one of them, which has been a great stock to own for the past few years, is Match Group, which is the parent of many relationship Apps, whether it's Match.com or Tinder or any number of them. And they came out the other day and basically, I mean, it was it was not quite Pepsi coming out and saying, we don't think you should drink Pepsi for the foreseeable future, (laughs) but it wasn't all that far off.
1: That's right. Yeah. Again, you 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 laugh for want of being able to have any other reaction, but uh, it is it is funny, and I thought particularly of Tinder, which is somewhere between for people a uh, a dating website and a hookup website for the you know for for the company to come out and say, hey, you need to practice you know social distance, which a lot of people think of as being you know being staying away from large groups, but it also definitely means staying somewhat away from one person
0: <laughs> particularly for example if you don't necessarily know that person right, all that well right
1: right yeah exactly so the person with a you know with a with, with with a with a profile that says well i fly back and forth to china right you know you 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 might be able but there's not much way that you can that you can tell and it has to have an impact and you know, I, I I don't I don't think it's going to push Match dot com or Tinder off of its perch, but it it is, I mean it it absolutely is habit changing.
0: It is, and I think whether we're talking not ab- for me
1: I'm married, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, whether we're talking about. Um, our daily commuting habits, uh, whether, we know, whether or not we go into a business, yeah. um, the frequency with which we eat out or even just go to the grocery store, I think, for a lot of us, hopefully the majority of us, we are able to look at the near future, one to two months out, and say some version of, I can hunker down in the short term. It's like, okay, my office is closed, I'm going to work from home for a month, I can do that. It's going to disrupt my routine, but I'm going to do that. Um, I'm going to stop dating for a month or two, I I can do that. The longer it goes on, though, then, I agree with you, I don't think it knocks Match.com off their perch, but I think it does um, set them back a little bit, as as it would naturally. Speaking of ripple effects, you and I are both big sports fans. One of, if not our favorite, my favorite sporting event is coming up this month, which is the NCAA...
1: That's right. Basketball Christmas is upon us. Yeah,
0: college basketball tournament. Um, Where do you think, whether it's the tournament, whether it's opening day for Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, where do you think, all of this is going. Do you think that the major sports leagues or the NCAA? Well, let's put aside the NCAA. Yeah, it's already happening. Yeah, it, it is happening. We've seen some smaller conferences. Uh, you know, the Ivy League came out and said we're not having a, a conference tournament.
1: Here's your title, Yale. Here you yeah. go, Yale. You <laughs> right. get to go
0: to the uh, the tournament. Yeah. And and whether or not Yale alumnus uh, Bill Barker pulled strings to make that happen, I don't know. Remember? I'm not going to respond to rumors. No. We don't do that on this show. Yeah, um, he, but he, d- he
1: did. But he totally did. Yeah. Um, where Where do you think this is going? You know, one of the interesting things that I that, that I've been thinking about is not so much the venues as where else people go to congregate. And one of the and opening day of March Madness is one of the biggest sports book days of the year. And you know, I I I'm not sure that I'm not. Could you imagine if the sports books in Las Vegas are all closed? on that day because of social distancing uh requirements things of that nature I mean it's it, some of the changes that are upon us which I you know I happen to think are all highly prudent I mean, I really do so do I but now I'm thinking about the
0: the other side of that coin which is people who are in the business of mobile sports betting yeah if you're in the business of mobile sports betting you're like yeah, aren't you going yeah. to legislators whoever and saying, look, look, you get tax
1: money from this and you're and and it's at risk.
0: Yeah, uh, it's am I wrong to think that look, I mean you just you just this is an audio podcast, you just rubbed your hands together. We've touched on other businesses, TeleDoc being one of them, mm-hmm. Zoom video being another where management can't come out and say holy cow is this good for our business <laughs> but but we can cuz yeah. we're not running those companies it is good for those businesses am i wrong to think that when it comes to television sports ratings that it would actually be good for business because i i'm not going to be going to vegas to um the sports books yeah. um i'm going to be watching the basketball i'm i'm weirdly more curious to watch the NCAA basketball tournament and even major league baseball which I don't lo- I don't watch a lot of major league baseball but the idea that they're going to have opening day in a few weeks and parks could be empty yeah I'm riveted to see that
1: yeah I mean so in the state of Ohio right now they they all of they are basically limiting all of the tournaments including possibly the first four uh, rounds next week, which will be in Dayton. The first four are the you know are play-in tournament games that are held every year in Dayton, Ohio, which may be played without an audience there. But they've given they've given dispensation to the Columbus hockey team. Um, you know, so I mean, who who really knows when you you know when it comes down to it? But I don't I don't see that trend reversing anytime soon. Thanks for being here. Good to talk with
0: you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's gonna do it for this edition of Market Foolry. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.